Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Yesman, coming to you on a Thursday, September 14th. LA Galaxy getting ready to travel all the way up to BMO Stadium where they'll take on LAFC and El Trafico this weekend. It's an away game, but they get to sleep in their own beds, which means it's still a home game. All right, LA Galaxy get a good chance at, uh, at a little redemption. LAFC beat the LA Galaxy at Dignity Health Sports Park this year. The Galaxy want to return that favor outside of the Rose Bowl and outside of the U.S. Open Cup win as well. Uh, a lot of points on the line. A win here could do a lot to securing some playoffs. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the news that is happening around the LA Galaxy as well as we get you ready for this game on Saturday. In order to do that, we're very glad to have him back. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Alex Ruiz. Alex, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Josh. Getting ready for this uh, El Trafico. You know, like you said, it's kind of, you know, sleeping in their own beds in away games, kind of like, you know, a sleepover at a friend's house. That's how I describe it. Oh, that's nice. That, well, that means you don't get any sleep, though, right? Is that you have to stay up late and watch movies? Exactly. I mean, okay. they're going to stay up. They're going to have fun, do their thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I like, it. you know, a lot of times, and I've heard this, that uh, the Galaxy will actually go out and rent a hotel the night before just so that way they can sort of, you know, feel like it's an away game because it is an away, but it's not an away game. And then, you know, the uh, I've always pointed this out, but between the two clubs, this is the pettiest matchup from front office all the way down to the field that you could possibly be at. There's they. They don't they don't like to give each other seats for for supporters to show up. They don't like to give each other seats in the press box for opposing people. to go. I'm not going and I, I don't I don't like going. So please, everybody who's going, have fun. Um, so I'll, I'll be watching that one on TV, still have coverage for it. But, um, you know, doing all this stuff, it's just so petty, Alex. You know, the fact is that uh, the whenever you go into the stadium, it'll say Galaxy instead of L.A. Galaxy. Right. Because they refuse to yeah. acknowledge the L.A. part, which is so stupid. Right, this whole thing, and then the whole I want to change the name from El Trafico. Oh, I want to change the name to El Trafico. I don't like it because we get our butts kicked all the time. That's really where that comes down, right? Um, I it's just the, it's uh, Zlatan PTSD right there. That's, it that's it should be. Fun. They should. They should get. I hope they have like wet. You know that that nervous sweat going before they even like when they wake up in the middle of the night. They think about Zlatan. Um, talk about a guy who had such an impression on like one sort of rivalry, Alex, like just when you think of Zlatan, you think of El Trafico and it's just like, oh yeah, he's, he's a guy who just absolutely, he's the keystone right there. Yeah. Like on the, on the bridge, Zlatan, he's right down the middle. It is, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Galaxy need wins. They need points. Um, you were at the game, uh, whenever they played St. Louis and I got to watch it from home as I was dodging COVID so far, by the way, undefeated, undefeated on the, uh, on the COVID tests. I am, I am negative, 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 and I keep being negative. Fingers crossed that that makes it all the way through this weekend um, and into next week. But uh, I've been I've been surviving. But you were there at the game. What I mean, we were talking about a little before we started. But what what did you see from the Galaxy? Yeah, I mean, those first 30 minutes were a very rough watch. Uh, defensively, the transitions just really got to the LA Galaxy. You could tell that back line, especially having you know two new fullbacks, young fullbacks. 
really struggled to kind of stay oriented together. Um, you know, Alde and, and Cuevas had their lowlights, but, you know, eventually they grew into the game. And the Galaxy did that uh, red card in the second half definitely really helped them kind of ease in, gain the momentum. And those last 25 minutes were just all at LA Galaxy. And, you know, fortunately for them, they were able to get a goal against, you know, one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And again, staying undefeated. And right now that's kind of all that they need right now. Just pick up any points as possible. But it is disappointing to have back-to-back home games with the draws. You know, the fact that they picked up points on the road the week before sort of even that out. But now you're looking at it at a time where you want them to pick up points on the road this time to even out the home. Right. So stealing points at LAFC, stealing a win at LAFC goes a long way to sort of getting them back on on the 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 right side of the points as it goes for those home games. So uh, this is a good one, by the way. Uh, I appreciate all the chat room being here tonight. Uh, Lasso's Optimism, $5 Super Chat says, Hello, Josh. Looking forward to an LA Galaxy win Saturday. Feel we can't experiment anymore. Start Jovalich on the bench. Yes, we'll talk about that. That's very, it's a very, very prevalent. The other thing the chat room is currently doing, Alex, is trying to figure out what your nickname is on the oh. podcast. Okay, so um, we will see what, what they come up with. Uh, right now, uh, Mr. Provino has the kid. Uh, so Alex, the kid, I don't know if your name was Billy, I would, I, it was Billy, the kid sharp. That would, that would work, but oh, that would work, but you're not, the kid Billy sounds sharp. like a, a generic name in like a 2k story mode or like a video game story mode. Yeah, that's right. You just the kid do, 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 do. and then you would run off the screen uh, to the left or to the right or to the right, always to the right. You never go left. It was always to the right. Ever. Yeah. Um, can I tell you, I want to tell you, I thought about this. Do you ever have, this is total, total side, side story. Uh, do you ever have like embarrassing moments in your life? And trust me, as you get twice as old as you are now, you'll have more of them. But do you have ever embarrassing moments that you think about on a regular basis? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there, think about it. Thanks, Josh. for making yeah. me think about it now. So, uh, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you mine. I don't know if I ever told this story on this thing, but, uh, it reminded me my, so my son has been sick with COVID sick in quotation marks. He was like sick for a day and then bouncing off the walls for the rest of it, but still testing positive, which meant he couldn't go to school. So he's three and a half and he's, he's been sort of trying to play Mario Kart more and more. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. So he's taken his COVID break to get better at Mario Kart. And one, he trash talks me, which as a three and a half year old, he said, daddy, you're so slow and I'm so fast, right? I'm like, okay, decent one to his best one, which was, oh, daddy, look, I learned how to look backwards. Now I can find you, right? Which, by the way, I would just like to point out, I have yet to lose a race, okay? So he's, I'm first, he's in 12th, mostly. Again, okay. Josh remains undefeated. Undefeated, right? But it was reminding me because I used to play Nintendo 64 and all that stuff. I remember when I got Nintendo 64, I got it for like Christmas, right? And my mom got me the Mario game that came with that. That was bundled together, right? The whole deal. And so there's a very opening of that is Mario's in this room and you have to go through this door in order to enter the first world, right? Mm -hmm. For one week, Alex, for one week, I didn't find that door. The door was right there. For one week, I didn't find that door. I literally told my mom the game was broken and she had to take it back and then she gets the other one. I put it, put it in, and I'm like, do, 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 do. I'm like, oh, it's that door. And I, I'm like, oh, it's a door. Oh, that door was there the whole time, and I never went into it. So I would just like to point out <laughs> that for a whole week, I thought my Nintendo 64 Mario game was broken, when in fact, it was just I was being stupid. So that was that's one of those embarrassing I think about all the time every time I play uh, play video games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> G- Gary, by the way, says I've never played Mario Kart. Gary. Gary, what are you You're doing with your out. life? Have you ever played Strip out. Mario Kart? Anybody Anybody else ever play Strip Mario Kart? Just me. Okay, just wanted to check. COG After Dark, Alex. It's okay. We'll talk about this. Consen- cons- consenting adults. It was fine. Yes. Um. So very good. Any any stories pop to mind for you? I mean, you're like, oh, man, I remember when the PS5 came out. That was my first game, video game system. Um. Well, I'm a guy who, you know, I'm a journalist. And surprisingly, like, I have really bad memory sometimes. I forget things very often. Um, I've lost three pairs of AirPods and one that comes to mind is I lost them one day, you know, it turns out maybe like six months later, they're in my jeans that I like wore one day and haven't worn since. Right. And I already bought like a pair of AirPods and I was so embarrassed. Um, you know, I, I kind of had to hide those other AirPods right. just cause I didn't want to tell anybody, didn't want to tell my parents. Oh yeah. From six months ago, right here. Yeah. Right here. Um, I have two pairs of AirPods because I lost a pair that were in my car the entire time. They were sitting right in my car. It wasn't hard. And I went and bought another one. So I have two pairs as well. So I guess, I wonder how much Apple gets in repeat business. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, 
anyway, there you go. There's our little side stories for for the beginning. Uh, the Galaxy were all excited because it was uh, Douglas Doug Costa's uh, birthday. Uh, we celebrate Doug's birthday. We don't celebrate Douglas's birthday. So this is Doug's birthday. Um, such an interesting guy. And it was funny because his birthday popped up, Alex. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of all of a sudden there was discussion again. And I've seen this from a bunch of people, but it's been kicked up by some of the podcasts. I think Riot Squadcast was, was talking about it today was would you take Douglas Costa, Douglas Doug Costa, Doug, um, would you take Doug on a TAM deal next year from what you have seen from him? Or is the inconsistency he's shown so far too too much and you can't you can't trust him? What what where where do you lay on that? In my opinion, I wouldn't bring him back. I think it's just too much of a risk because we've seen so many times in sports in general where, you know, an athlete in their contract years just all of a sudden miraculously kind of just becomes a beast on the field. Right. And look, Douglas Costa has been an injury-prone player for a majority of his career. He's kind of had this late resurgence that I think is a little too late if you want to think about a future beyond his current contract. Um, I feel like if the Galaxy, and I was talking about this uh, last game while I was watching, I was like, if the Galaxy played with a natural 10, because you know they d- really don't, I feel like Douglas Costa, you could bring him back for a season or two playing that position, because sure, he's not as fast or as athletic, but he's still got that technical ability on the ball, and he's still a very dangerous creator, but again, the Galaxy don't really play that system, and if you want to get, you know, if the Galaxy wanted to go up a level, they need to get a winger that's consistent, that's, you know, a bit on the younger side, that's more available, and somebody, I, I guess, you know, they can kind of fit in a bit more. You know, Douglas Costa has been really good being that inverted winger. But with the acquisition of Diego Fagundes, I think, hey, you already have an inverted winger now for a couple more years. So I, in my opinion, I, I wouldn't bring Douglas Costa back. It's interesting because a, a lot of times, and I'll, I'll be, I always beat this, you know, sort of to, to the dead horse, is that it, it matters about how much you're paying, right? And so it's it's one of those things where you can sit there and say, okay, Douglas Costa, if you're paying him $1.5 million, that's not a horrible sort of position to put him in because at 1.5, he doesn't have to start, right? At 1.5, you can be sort of more fluid with sort of where you want to play him. I will say this, it's nice and whoever they're going to get, and certainly, you know, we expect the LA Galaxy to go out and probably get two new DPs this this winter um, or at least one new DP and then wait for summer to open up in case there's, a, there's another big uh, DP available, which could be the case we'll see uh, how everything is uh, is shaping up towards that time but if you go and get one you know two dps um you really have the chance to to find people who are technical and douglas costa's biggest advantage right now is that he is as technical or more technical than ricky pooge and those two play a game that nobody else can play right so mm-hmm. and 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 vanny talks about this all the time it's the one two game it's whenever those two get next to each other on the field they create space they open up chances they overload by simply be taking man marking right well if you have two guys on on ricky and douglas and they're over next to each other that's an overload for the la galaxy it doesn't seem like one but the way and the technical ability their ability to play in small spaces the their their vision opens that up and makes that an unfair advantage for everybody and that's where the galaxy have been successful in this stretch is whenever Douglas and Ricky really sort of pull a lot of the strings, and then it brings somebody like Tyler Boyd into it as well. And Boyd has been, you know, the Galaxy's most clinical finisher. Let's be honest, right? And that's a that's a big thing too. Um, so I don't mind the idea of Douglas Costa coming back next year. One, you certainly have to worry about motivation, and I think in this off season we were looking at a guy who was trying to find another place to play. And ended up maybe not finding another place to play and was stuck with the Galaxy and sort of felt like he was stuck with the Galaxy for a little while and then suddenly switched it on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Vanny talks a lot about his injuries and that he wasn't right and a whole day. That's fine. You can talk about that. I saw a guy who wasn't motivated to play and now you're seeing a guy who is motivated to play. And whether that's motivation because he knows his contract is up and he needs to find another place, that's fine. Those are good good things to, to have happen. Maybe you give him another year and it's only a year, so you still have to play good, Doug, you know, and, and that, those types of things. I can see the galaxy moving on as long as they think they still have somebody technical. And if you don't have somebody who's on on or better than Ricky Pooge, then you're doing Ricky a disservice because he doesn't have anybody to play with. Right. Um, exactly. 
Yeah, it's, it's such a weird discussion to have as well. Um, just uh, mentioning, I just remembered earlier, right in January, he's talking to clubs in Brazil, offering his services, yep. and now look where we are, where we are now, nine months later, talking about a you know potential contract extension. Um, like you said, uh, Josh, you know Ricky and Douglas, they have a good chemistry together. They've you know got their football education at the highest level in Europe, and they understand you know the way that the elite teams, the elite players train and play, and that's something that you know the Galaxy have really taken advantage of in this undefeated stretch where Ricky Puj, we've seen him put. Goals and assists up on the box score. We've seen Douglas Costa become that provider, that assister, that consistent creator every single game. So, you know, this question about Douglas Costa just really makes you think. And, you know, that's another major decision the Galaxy front office is going to have to come up with later this winter. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, it, it reminds me, though, like whenever you look back and you sort of see those those MLS winning teams was that you had guys that were on the same level as each other, right? And listen, I'm going to group them in general, and then you can all argue about how David Beckham was way above Landon Donovan, blah, 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 the whole deal. Um, Landon Donovan, didn't I just see a stat? Isn't Landon Donovan the all-time, like, yeah, international, international assist, assist leader. leader? Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't know that. That was an interesting one. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, and so, uh, but Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, David Beckham, those guys played on a different level. And when they would play with each other in concert, that's whenever the Galaxy got to be sort of that unbeatable force, right? David Beckham being in there, Robbie Keane with the finishing, Landon Donovan being able to bridge the gap between the two. Um, just go back and watch some of the MLS Cups and watch the combinations that end up winning games and all sorts of stuff. And you can see they just think faster. Or they think differently. Douglas Costa thinks differently. Ricky Pouge thinks differently. If you don't know that, the next time you're watching Ricky Pouge, wait till you try to pick out the pass that he's going to play and then watch him make the pass that you didn't see. Um, and I consider myself a student of the game enough to be like, oh, wow, Ricky makes passes. I con consistently say, yep, yeah, well, I didn't see that one. That was that was I would have not have gone that way. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But the creativity is so much at a higher level. And that's why you need somebody like Douglas Costa or you mm -hmm. need somebody who you go out and get. They can also combine with Ricky Pouge. You cannot allow Ricky and you saw what happened whenever Doug was out. Um, you cannot Ricky be alone by himself. He has to shoulder too much of the creativity for this team. And with him being injured, and we'll talk a little bit about his injury here in a second, with him being injured, you need that. That's what the game against St. Louis was really missing deep in that second half was Douglas Costa mm -hmm. being able to stay out there and provide creativity, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they try to do that with Fagundes in a bit, who's still kind of lacking that, you know, I think intensity and chemistry with everybody else. But yeah, like you said, Josh, I mean, you really don't want Ricky Pouge playing hero ball for a long portion of time because, you know, he's we know he's capable of making these amazing passes, but at times he tries to just do it too much. And at times it kind of, you know, feels like he's killing off attacks and, you know, can be draining some momentum because we know the Galaxy off the ball, you know, they struggle a lot um, when they lose possession in bad areas. And you want Ricky Pouge to kind of be a little bit more calm, a little bit more composed, knowing that there's somebody else who can burden, you know, hold that burden of being the primary creator in the attacking third. So if the Galaxy are going to replace Douglas Costa, you need to find a player who's comfortable with the ball, who's comfortable being that creator out wide. You know, Tyler Boyd, I don't really think he's a creator out wide. Like I mentioned earlier, Diego Fagundes is kind of like that Douglas Costa mold where he is a bit more creative. He's a guy who's a very much an inverted winger. And if that's where the Galaxy maybe are going to go in this upcoming offseason, the trade for Fagundes makes much more sense now. Yeah, and and you can sort of see it. I mean, the chat room is rightfully coughing out, you know, different play uh, Antoine Griezmann is, is, of course, the one that I think a lot of people are thinking about. He wants to come to MLS. There's possibly <laughs> a West Coast connection there, that type of thing. So, um, you know, people are saying maybe that's LAFC. Maybe that's maybe that's the Galaxy. Uh, there was also, uh, I think, possibly like Miami talks. Miami is eventually. Listen, I don't care. I think there's a good possibility the league adds a fourth DP. I just think there's going to be restrictions on it. I don't think it's going to be just yes. like, oh, yeah, go ahead and get a fourth DP. I wouldn't be surprised if the league likes the U22 spot so much that they take out the requirement to have a young DP in there and just be like, you can have up to three U22s. That's it. There's no there's no other. You don't have to worry about how many DPs you have. You can just have three U22s. Uh, unlimited acquisition costs have to be paid below, I think, the max TAM. Um, yes, the number, max right? TAM. Yeah. So um, that's I see that change happening. If you want to know one that I think has a better chance than the fourth DP or, or anything else, it's just making U22 players U22 players. You can have three of them. It doesn't matter 
how many DPs you have or anything else. Just three and put it under. That opens up a world of flexibility for a lot of people. Look at like somebody like the LA Galaxy now can go out and get two more DPs and one of them doesn't have to be a young DP. Because as it stands right now, I expect, and this is not something I've had conversations with people, but I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here, Alex, is I expect the LA Galaxy show Ricky Pooja the money in the offseason, right? He still has, yes. uh, I think, another year on his car or two years on his car. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. His years. Uh-uh. They're gonna show me the money, right? This is a kid exactly. who probably should be making about four million dollars a year, maybe maybe north of that, right? Exactly. Um, two to four. Let's say if you're, I want to be wide two to six, right? But I think that four is right around where that happens. Maybe it's three point five, something like that, right? I, I feel like four point five, but yeah, like you said, uh, Ricky Pooj again. You know, he's been one of the best players in MLS all season. You know, sure he doesn't get recognized for it too much because of how bad of a season this has been for the Galaxy. But when you watch him and just looking at the eye test alone, the way he just controls that mid field is just amazing you know mls came out with their eafc ratings today well, yeah i didn't, top I didn't see players. that yeah ricky Puj was not on the top 24 which blows my mind <laughs> because you know in all honesty chicharito is a 77 ricky Puj should have that rating not not chicharito right well i mean you know uh i would just say that uh video games and transfer market tend to be lagging indicators they are not they are not leading indicators right yes, it's not but like, it's always fun to complain about something right right i agree 100 percent. so stupid stupid video game uh that means ricky is uh is usually pretty pretty cheap in in a lot of fantasy leagues and stuff like that because people are sort of underestimate him so that's something to uh to look at. But I think that if you're looking at DPs and how it all folds in, I think Ricky gets more money, which takes him out of sort of the restricted DP that he's in right now, which means if the if the um if the stats or or if the rules remain the same, then Ricky would basically become a regular DP. He would be the only DP left there. So the Galaxy could go out and get a senior DP and then a young DP because they're probably going to want to have their three U22s still, um, whether that's Jovalich and Alde and Caligari. Caligari is an interesting situation. Yes. Uh, because now that he's injured, you know, and by the way, it seems like it's... It, as somebody said, is it season ending? I'm like, the season's not that long anymore. So lots of things... You know, if you... Uh, if you get a hangnail that keeps you from playing on the last game of the season, technically it's season ending, right? You know, those types of things. Uh, but I, it feels like Caligari is going to be season ending as well. So um, that being said, he's on loan. You, the Galaxy were gung-ho on re-signing him, and I had those conversations. Um, so they wanted to buy him outright and do it. Does this make it more complicated now that he's injured and, you know, timeline and everything else? I feel like he's young enough that you go and you sign him and you put the money down yes. and, and you do it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not like a 30-year-old player that, you know, you're like, okay, can we do this? I mean, again, we've seen the potential. And also, too, I want to add, Caligari isn't a player who relies on his you know, physicality and his athleticism to be dominant. Like, the guy just knows how to ball. That Brazilian blood is cooking in him. Every time he's got the ball, he's a smart defender. He does everything right mentally. And I think that's what really makes him special and stand out. You know, not necessarily I'm saying that, you know, he's bad athletic wise, but he doesn't need that to be a good player. And I think that's something really important when assessing this situation in particular. Yeah. And I just there's so much. One is that he comes in and just he's such a good defender. That's number yes. one. You have to start there. He's such a good defender. I feel like the Galaxy need that consistency. And what you're going to probably see and and the decision that Greg Vanny gets to make this weekend is, who fills in for Caligari this time with Leardam? Um, now Leardam was supposed to be arriving. Was it today or tomorrow? I think it was. I think maybe I think tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow. Thursday night he's supposed to be coming in on Friday from his international venture. Uh, so he'll be back. I imagine that he'll be good enough that the LA Galaxy think that start him. Um, he has saved the LA Galaxy's butt this year. You want to talk about like the twelfth man award right now? I think it might be Kelvin Leardam. If if you're really talking about what uh, the Galaxy have had to go through with him, uh, him filling in at center back whenever they lost Caseros for a while, right? There was that whole thing, and then everybody was injured and they didn't have center backs for a while. Um, now that Yoshida is back, that's calmed down a little. Mavinga's in there, but with Caligari out, they really should have been able to start Leardam, but instead they started Cuevas, and I like Cuevas long term. Uh, but short term, he had problems and the red card bailed him out because he didn't need to play any more defense whenever the, the red card came exactly. out. And so whenever he comes forward and he does things and that type of thing, uh, he's, he's a very good player. People were like, Hey, Oh, that's, that's reminds me of Julian Araujo. It's like, yeah, Julian Araujo is a pretty good defender too, guys. Don't, don't forget that part. He's not Caligari good, but he was very good. So, uh, for me, Leardam probably fits into that slot there, but the galaxy trying to plan long-term now, um, they have a question mark about Caligari and depending on injury and that type of thing, maybe he's one of those guys who you let come back on loan and you don't have to buy out. 
but you really think that with, I mean, I think he's been, uh, and this was one of those things they were talking about. I think it was at the 22 under 22. Was it the U 22 list? Yeah, they do that every year. Yeah. And Caligari wasn't on it. And it was like, what, what is, and you, you made a good point. What'd you say about the stats and him? Yeah. I'm saying Caligari isn't a player that lights up the stat sheet or the box score. He's just a guy that you need to watch and just watch him at work, watch him do a shift. And you can see how good of a defender he is. Like, like you said, Josh, I mean, this guy knows, you know, what to do when in high pressure situations, he's a really good one V one defender and, you know, the galaxy are really going to miss him. And again, he definitely needs to be recognized. But again, we know that this is going to be a league that they're going to look at stats and, you know, what pops out there, but he's definitely one of those unsung heroes and very underrated players across the league. The the thing that is the thing that freaks me out is that he doesn't he's not on that, on that list, right? And you're like, okay, so he's not on the list. He's going to, and I imagine we're going to get to vote eventually here. But whenever you talk about defender of the year, to me, it's Caligari, and I will make that vote right now. Uh, even with him being injured for the rest of the season, I still think that he is defender of the year. He was so consistent and so good through almost the entire season. He was head and shoulders, I think, above everybody else. Jalen Neal was great whenever he was in there, too. I really liked him. I thought there was a race there for defender of the year between those two for a while. But I'm... Um, I'm done. I, I, I will I will seed this that Caligari, I think, wins this. Yoshida won't have been with the team long enough for me to really give him yeah. that uh, that award. Uh, Caceres, you know, could have maybe if he wouldn't have been injured, you know, that type of thing. But I again, for me, it's easily Caligari. So he's going to win Defender of the Year on the LA Galaxy, but not get recognized in a U-22 when he's been the best defender on the LA Galaxy. Maybe the Galaxy are so irrelevant uh, right now. It's still in 13th place, by the way. Um, still, yeah, still. It's. I don't know that they, they may never get out of it, Alex. It might be one of those things they just stay in thirteenth place for the rest of the time. They're getting really close to being out of it, but they're they're not there yet. It's not there. I mean, it would. Be, I mean, that's what I'm gonna remember this season for. If that's how it ends. Just saying, thirteenth. You went to, what? Lost one out of twelve games. Went through that stretch and still couldn't get out thirteenth. I mean. Got to be, like you said, got to be really bad in order to not get out of there. There was a coach on the Galaxy who was, la- who was like chuckling at, at our disbelief. He was like, what? Wait, they're still in 13th? <laughs> how many games have they, how many undefeated games they have? They're still in 13th. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's interesting. And nobody asked today. Alex and I weren't out there. Nobody asked today on Caligari again. Um, all we heard was last week that it was bad. Um, and that uh, we would get more. They were looking at next steps. Next steps usually means surgery, like whenever they're talking about it, or you know, or extensive rehab. Right? It's one of those. You're going to shut down for uh, for a while. So um, I don't know why the LA Galaxy won't come out and say it. Now we might get a press release that says uh, uh, Caligari underwent surgery, successful surgery, blah blah blah, and it's like, oh okay. But he's also a lone player, so I imagine there has to be some coordination with his team in Brazil as well, to saying, hey, this is what we want to do, and this is how we want to do it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So sort of keep that in mind. So I don't know why they're not saying it, but it also is no longer sort of an issue for this season right now. Um, so the questions that you're going to get and things from us stupid reporters is going to be more focused on what's happening now because it's more important than a guy who's clearly not playing for the rest of the season right now. Um, but having said that, if we get an opportunity to, we can ask. And so we will we will mark that down as a little, a little note. Um, so that was there. Uh, it was funny because... Eric Zavaleta uh, scored for El Salvador. El Salvador, I think, is going through a coaching change, too. Um, I think I saw that somewhere where they were looking at finding a new coach. Uh, but he scored. He did the baby celebration. He was back in training and in. So if you're looking for Eric Zavaleta, and there's a, uh, certainly a discussion about Mavinga and whether Mavinga plays uh, this weekend, of course he's going to play. I don't know why. You guys you guys are crazy. Um but Mavinga in there, but Zavaleta will be there to back up. Leardam will probably be starting on the right. I wouldn't be surprised as Cuevas is on the bench. Um, although the LA Galaxy have sort of gone in this last, I think, against St. Louis, there was only one defender um, on the bench. And it was sort of like, oh, okay, well, that's risky for this team that seems to drop defenders like crazy. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And Lasso's optimism says, is he out for the playoffs too? We don't know. I mean, I don't know. But it's, it didn't sound like, oh, he's going to be back in, you know, three months type thing. It sounded more like we it's it's significant and uh, we're looking at the next steps. It's like, oh, OK, well, mm-hmm. that's that's in my mind. That screams surgery. If the LA Galaxy want to correct me and tell me what's absolutely wrong with him, um, then they can. And I welcome it. Um, and then we'll talk about that. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, Zavaleta scored. Chat room is un- is just no way. Uh, so, so he scored for <laughs> for El Salvador. He's back. That means he's high. He, he's riding a high right now. He's feeling good. He's got the baby coming. Right. He's he's feeling good. Uh, and he left training early today, according to Greg, uh, 
to go take a good of a positive family issue, a positive family issue. It probably was related to to a baby and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be. Is he far along? Far enough along? Do we know how far along that is? We have no idea. Right? I have no idea yeah. at all. It takes nine months for a baby to make. Alex, I just yeah, I didn't I, know I if know anybody that. had that talk with you yet. I, I know. Okay, okay, just checking. Um, so anyway, so keep keep your eyes on on Zavaleta. I would imagine that he'd be available for the game on Saturday as well. Uh, the other controversy surrounding the LA Galaxy. This is so not a controversy. I can't believe I'm wasting good podcast time on this, Alex. Uh, the the Billy Sharp uh, song to uh, to Baby Shark, uh, which I personally am a fan of. Uh, was getting lots of uh, question marks from uh, Sheffield United fans and English soccer fans and stuff like that, saying, how can you do that to poor Billy Sharp? And there is nothing I like more, Alex, than waking up on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday, and making English soccer fans angry. That is like my favorite thing, calling things soccer, um, calling soccer fans and not supporters, not football supporters. Uh, and, and now the Billy Sharp song that apparently is an abomination. How dare they do that to Billy says teams who make up songs from like 1950s hits that really weren't that popular to begin with. Um, so, uh, it was funny cause even in the discord, I got asked, they're like, Hey, can you ask Billy Sharp if, uh, if he likes that song, Alex, is there any chance on God's green earth that Billy Sharp doesn't like that song? All I'll say is when I ran into Billy Sharp at training, like he's such a good chill guy. If I were to ask him that, I feel like he'd just look at me, just chuckle a bit and just keep walking now. You know, that's just Billy Sharp. He is, uh, by the way, announced pregnancy in April. Announced uh, April? April? Well, we don't know. We don't know how long that usually it's you're three months in before you really announce it. So three months, April, April to, to May, June, July, August. Yeah, it, it, it adds up. It's it's close. Maybe it adds up. maybe Mr. Zavaleta had to leave because baby came a calling. So we, we we will we will we will pay attention to that. We won't. But uh, anyway, uh, that's that's something. But anyway, the Billy Sharp thing. Uh, baby Shark is canceled. That's what people say it's cringe. It is a wonderful song. It is a good way to indoctrinate people who maybe don't know the words to songs to this particular one. It is very much in the vein of uh, Jamie Tart, right? And uh, and all the stuff that went on, on on Ted Lasso. I think it's a worthy song for a person that they call Sharpie, which is a marker. Um, so I love that you use the word indoctrinate for uh, Baby Shark because that's very much what happened to me when I first heard it. See, I mean, that's what you, you hear Baby Shark and you know. Um, I guarantee... He, I often play this game and we play it in the uh, in whenever we're sitting waiting for press conferences or stuff like that. But we'll be like, hey, I'm going to ask Greg this question. And then somebody will say the question. I'm like, I'm going to give you his answer. Here it is. And I'll answer for somebody. So I will answer for Billy Sharp on the baby shark thing, because there's no way on God's green earth. I'm ever asking him this question. You'd have to be in a situation where Alex, you were right. He's at training. He's walking by you and you go, hey, Billy, they were singing that song to you like what do you make of that? And he'd be like, you know, the whole deal. This is what Billy would say if you caught him in the right spot. Um, and then uh, he, he would say, he said, how can you not love something like that? He goes, this is football, excuse me, soccer. Um, and when people are chanting your name, it's always a special experience. He goes, it's what you live for. It's what you grew up dreaming of. And so any song that they sing and they appreciate me for, I'm behind. That's what Billy Sharp would say. One, because he's an outstanding human being that we've known for like only a couple weeks, but you can tell. Um, two, he understands what soccer and football are all about, right? And he knows that those fans appreciate him. And if you're in that same situation, Alex, if if the LA Riot Squad started singing, uh, you know, Alex Ruiz, do, 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 Alex Ruiz, do, do, you would be like, oh man, I can't. I mean, I think maybe you're getting embarrassed just happened right now. Yeah, I am a little blushing a little bit, even though it's not real. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, every football player, uh, soccer player uh, wants to have their name be chanted. And again, you know, it's not you can chant anything else as well. You know, if you don't like the baby shark, you're free to chant on by yourself something else. You know, just let people enjoy themselves at the game. Let them have fun. Don't get really sharp. not complaining about anything publicly like he, he's fine. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mr. Provino says I didn't say brilliant enough. He said he would say brilliant a lot, too. And that's that's probably correct. Sounds like Billy. Um, it sounds like something Billy would say. No, um, don't gatekeep having fun. And remember that soccer is supposed to be having fun. Remember that despite the fact the LA Galaxy have been utter crap for seasons, 
that soccer is supposed to be fun. They're not supposed to be constantly decaying your mental uh, readiness and, and mental health. All right. So um, even though that's how it has been going. Hey, did you see uh, Colorado Rapids now are, are, are having to answer for for fans being upset? Yeah, I think they're planning a, a walkout or something similar to that as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in MLS, to be honest, uh, just this past week in general. But yeah, I mean, with Bruce Arena and all that stuff that's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's, Ar- uh, that's, we're, that's a show. We're, we're in full on like soap opera mode right now in Major League Soccer. How how proud would like 1996 fans be of the soap opera that is now engulfing uh, so much, whether that's Messi and the soap opera that surrounds him, whether that's uh, Bruce Arena, all time winning his coach in Major League Soccer, most decorated coach in Major League Soccer, most decorated national team coach, all these things that, that sort of come in. And now he's getting replaced by. Uh, basically he was, he was written off, he was written off the show. If we're talking about soap operas, he was written yeah. off the show and they gave a really bad story on why he's getting written off the show. And now everybody's sort of like, well, what really happened? And then players said that they refused to train, but they didn't refuse to train. And then head and then assistant coaches got fired. Um, and then the interim head coach got replaced, but not fired. But then we found out the interim head coach was the guy who made the report in the first place. Dude, if you have not been following the new England revolution and all this stuff, you have a lot of athletic articles to read. And I, yes. I suggest you get on it now. This reminds me of the Jose Mourinho quote. This is football heritage. This is this is football heritage in America now. This is. It feels and it feels authentic, right? This feels like authentic soap operaism in inside of um, the uh, inside of Major League Soccer. So uh, that was fun. Uh, Mr. Provino has a good one. It says I didn't know presidents of clubs can address the media after a bad season. Yes, yeah, they're supposed to. <laughs> they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Do you uh, remember that one time Chris Klein came into the press room and kind of just stood there while Greg's talking? I thought he was going to say something. I think that was the last game before he resigned, if I'm correct. That was uh, after the Charlotte loss at home. That was. And I remember it. Um, I think my daughter was there for that game. Oh, yeah. She yeah, was there. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was <laughs> and we're all sitting there like looking at each other like, why is Chris Klein in here being he's never been in here before? Like it's it was it was it was a, a real thing. Uh, they've came up. They've come up with your nickname, Alex Baby Shark Ruiz. Um, oh, OK, so I'll take good, that. Good job, Baby Shark. I'll take that. Yeah. OK. Yeah. You're, you're just knowing there's some other ones coming for sure. Uh, oh. Mike Gray with El Trafico Radio says uh, five dollar super chat because never forget. And this goes into what we're going to be talking about here in just a little bit. Uh, never forget that Bob Bradley and LAFC tried to cancel El Trafico and everyone said no. Right. Like they were like, hey, I don't think we should use that name. And again, I give very little credence to somebody who up until a certain point had never won in their opponent's stadium for a rivalry, but wanted to change the name for it. Um, So that was that was always good there as well. Um, Let's see. Trying to think if there's anything else. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Chris Klein coming into the thing, Alex, that was a good callback because that was just that was weird and creepy and everything else that, you know, it sort of came to. Uh, let's talk about the L.A. Galaxy and their schedule coming up. We talked about it, LAFC coming up on Saturday. Uh, four days later, it's L.A. Galaxy hosting Minnesota. Does that mean we have a midweek game to go to next week? Am I going to have to like yep. ask time off from the boss? OK. Fine. I guess we'll be there. Uh, then uh, they go four days later again uh, over the weekend. It's at Austin. Uh, and so that one at Q2, that is a reasonable game. The Galaxy could possibly win on the road. Just keep that in mind. Uh, then they host Portland. Portland, who just downed LAFC. Uh, Portland, who seems to be on a little bit of a resurgence. I think we talked about them a little bit. They got a new coach. Um, and then we, there was one of those teams always go one of two ways whenever they get a new coach, Alex. They either, get, they either just tank because it's over or they get better. Uh, they seem to have more determination and more fight. It's funny how uh, motivation can change just from somebody losing their job. And I think the LA Galaxy possibly guilty of that as well. Uh, whenever you look at the, the fire and Chris Klein and all the stuff that that sort of uh, laid the groundwork for. So coincidence, I think not. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I've, I've told this story now many times. There was a former MLS player, uh, former LA Galaxy player who I ran into. And we were taught this one. Klein was still in, in charge. And basically they were like, if they just fire climb, this team will get better. Like it will happen. It'll be immediate. And it was like, yeah, well we, we knew it and we saw that that was coming. So, uh, that's always interesting. Uh, so that's that Portland. And then you go into the last four games of October, October away to Seattle, tough game away to Minnesota, tough game, uh, then home to RSL and then home to Dallas, that RSL game in an international break as well. So keep that in mind as you're, uh, as you're looking at that. So any of those games stick out as ones where, uh, you don't think the LA galaxy can be, uh, you know, in a competitive 
sort of mindset. I guess it probably depends on injuries and everything else. I mean, if Ricky goes down, if Douglas Costa goes down, I don't think the Galaxy can handle any more injuries, Alex. If there's one more to a key player, that's it. I, I think they're not going to recover from that. Yeah, I mean, the one that scares me is Seattle, not only because it's a turf field and obviously the injuries that seem to happen on turf, but also the Galaxy just have a poor track record of going to Seattle and getting a positive result. And you don't want to get another starter injured with three games to go if you're still in the hunt. And it looks like everything is kind of leading up to, if the Galaxy keep this form going, that decision day game at home against Dallas. It, everything just seems to be coming together for where that's going to be the game that's going to determine their playoff fate. My, my uh, fan appreciation day uh, chart that I have, I've, 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 I've penciled out and looked at the results of every fan appreciation day is waiting for this game. All right. So when this game, as we start to get closer, that chart will be broken out. We will once again go over what that what fan appreciation day means to the LA Galaxy. I'm just going to tell you, it used to be really good, Alex. It used to be, oh, look how good they are the whole deal. And I think starting around like 2015, 2016, it has been utter crap, uh, much like the LA Galaxy, quite honestly, utter crap from that uh, from that point forward. So uh, watching that Dallas game and the whole deal, I'll say this. I think the Galaxy really have a chance to take care of business. If you can beat LAFC, which is a tall ask, and I will certainly say that, but that's stealing points on the road. If you can steal points on the road against LAFC, if you can beat Minnesota at home, they should be in a position to where they are above that playoff line. That's what I'm guessing with everything sort of going. So in the next two games, the Galaxy have a chance, I think, to climb um, and catch that that playoff line. It's going to be tough, but that line is going to fluctuate and come back a little bit too. Next two to three games should be it. So win at LAFC, win against Minnesota at home, get a draw on the road at Austin. Now, can you flip the Austin win and the LAFC draw? Yes, I could do that. And that could extend you out. And I think those are pretty good things. Uh, remember, you can never make the LA Galaxy win three games in a row. It's impossible. Uh, Greg Vanny forbids it. He, he makes sure that uh, it doesn't happen. So then you host Portland, which is going to be an absolute stupid battle um, with a playoff team. Then hopefully, if you played those games right, Alex, the Seattle game doesn't matter as much. The Minnesota game doesn't matter as much. Those aren't it. But closing out the season at home with with six points, possibly at home. I mean, you know, I, it's one of those. If the Galaxy can make the playoffs, I think they have it. There's not a team in the entire Western Conference that should scare the LA Galaxy. Um, and I don't think there's a team in the Western Conference that's good enough to run it away from everybody else. But if that's going to happen, we're going to see that here in the next like two, three weeks. Somebody's going to suddenly catch fire. And they're going to go on a tear, uh, whether that's at the top. of. The, I think if you're the LA Galaxy, one, you hope it's the LA Galaxy. Two, if it's not the LA Galaxy, you hope it's one of the teams that's well above you. So that way it doesn't affect anything and exactly. they just beat up everybody that's that's around you. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's like little streak here kind of came like the middle part of the season, which, you know, is it's good because they needed it at this point to, you know, have some faith that they can revive their season. But at the same time, you kind of worry, how are they going to do in this final like eight seven games of the regular season. Are they going to finish it out like this or is it just going to be a roller coaster of ups and downs? You really don't know. So that's kind of my big question and a worry heading into these last couple of games that you just highlighted. Yeah, it's and and this game is a big one. It's always a big one. Uh, LAFC is, is, has been playing some poor, poor soccer lately, uh, but really it's coming down to they're not finishing chances and the teams they're playing against are. If you watch the Miami game, uh, they scored early and then kept them off and LAFC had chances to, to get back into that game. If you watch the Portland game, Portland scored early, had some chances to get back into that game for LAFC, didn't have it. They haven't been finishing chances and they haven't been as clinical. They look tired again, which they had sort of... Uh, shaken off a little bit uh, after League's Cup and everything like that. So um, that's something to watch as we as we slowly get into there. Eastern Conference is still Cincinnati up top. New England going through all that turmoil in second place. Uh, so they get rid of their head coach. And by the way, it doesn't seem like the players were too happy about getting rid of the head coach either. Um, so that's something going on. Orlando in third place, Philadelphia in fourth. Then you have Columbus, Atlanta, Nashville, Montreal and DC would be that eight, nine play in game, Chicago, Charlotte, New York city, New York, Miami and Toronto. Miami still has such an uphill climb to still make that, um, make those playoffs. I think they might do it. I think they're going to eke in. And if they do, they may end up winning MLS cup, but God, it's going to be, they still 12 points shy right now. Oh, they're 28, not 26. So much closer. Um, with yeah, I, I'm going to feel bad for whoever finishes uh, first. I think Cincinnati is probably going to finish first in the East, and then they're going to have to play Miami in the first round. Like, that's the worst possible matchup to have at this current moment, given the form that Miami is in. And, you know, they have the best player in the world on their team. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it's 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 one of those. It's one of those. This is not. You don't want to play Miami. I know that sounds stupid, but it's going to be the same with the LA Galaxy. Quite honestly, if they get in, you won't want to play them. Uh, and if it's the number one team, if it's St. Louis and you have to go to St. Louis, I don't think that bothers the LA Galaxy one little bit. Uh, Western Conference coming up, 48 points with St. Louis, 41 points for Seattle, 40 points for LAFC. Uh, if you look at their points per game, LAFC would jump into second. Uh, RSL would jump over Seattle as well. Uh, Seattle at 1.46, and then you have LAFC and Salt Lake at 1.48. Uh, Houston with 39 points, Vancouver 38 points, Minnesota 37 points. Uh, the Galaxy just seven points off of seventh place, just to keep you again abreast of where that is. Only eight points off of sixth place, right? So uh, the chance to jump into the middle of the pack is going to be there, I think, for the LA Galaxy if they win games. They have to win games, though. Uh, and I'm not convinced that they can down the stretch, not with some of those games. Uh, Minnesota at 37, San Jose at 37, Dallas at 34. There's the line nine and eight play each other. Reminder. Uh, the LA Galaxy just four points off of that playoff line, but still in 13th place with Kansas City, Portland, and Austin all above them. They'll play Austin, they'll play Portland, uh, so they'll get a chance at some six-point swings in those games. Uh, Minnesota twice as well. Yeah, Minnesota twice as well, which is you know only seven points clear of them. So there's plenty. If you take six points off Minnesota, you should be above the playoff line. Like it's one of those where you're like, you just held them. They're seven points. You're going to be right behind them. It's going to be you're you're right on top of them. So. Um, I just think mediocrity is ruling the Western Conference uh, right now. And and I think that there's not going to be anybody who really breaks away. Um, and so now we'll watch and see how that plays out. Uh, let's get to let's get to El Trafico a little bit. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a preview of this game. Uh, L.A. Galaxy at LAFC. Uh, this is a 7.30 p.m. TV start time on Saturday, 7.39 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, Apple TV and MLS season pass. No, it's not free to stop whining. Uh, if you were going and you wanted to match the LA Galaxy, as is the customary colors in this, the LA Galaxy will be wearing white. I imagine LAFC will be wearing black. It'll be good versus evil, as it always has been. Um, and the LA Galaxy will be in those home whites there. Uh, super interesting little like nuggets of, of, of games and things that have sort of happened here, you know, recently, right? You had the July 4th game, the LA galaxy one, two, one at the Rose bowl. Ricky Pouche had an unbelievable game in that particular game. Uh, you had, uh, uh, you had the LA galaxy winning back on May 23rd two nothing, right? You had the loss at dignity health sports park earlier this season, um, from the three, two standpoint, right in the game that the galaxy were in, but also weren't in. It was a very sort of lethargic play. Uh, this is a, a rivalry, Alex, that means there is absolutely no attention. You should pay no attention to form going in. And that's good because LAFC is is not playing well right now. And the LA Galaxy are technically playing better when you look at form and everything else that is sort of coming out of it. So what does that mean in this particular game? What what do you what do you feel in general about El Traficos and what do you think is is important in this one? Yeah, I mean, these games are like the ones you mark on your calendars right away. And like you said, Josh, form totally goes out the window. This is, you know, these teams, it's just those 90 minutes and they're locked in on that. Nothing matters before or after that. They're just locked in. And, you know, given the situation the Galaxy are in, you know, needing these points, having the last two games be draws at home, you know, they're going to be playing with an intensity to get the win. And LAFC as well. I mean, they've had the really bad run of form like we've talked about. And just losing to the Galaxy is just something that for their fan base, you know, they might go on another protest again or, or boycott like they did a couple of years ago for that. So, I mean, you know, the Galaxy need to come out with this win. Again, they always play to the level of their opponents. So I always am confident they're going to show up. They're going to, you know, give them a rough time. And, you know, we saw against St. Louis. Sure, St. Louis was down a man, but they're persistent when it comes to looking to get that goal. And I think there have been so many games this year where, you know, they've gone down, but they go down fighting and up until the final whistle is blown, you know, they're going to keep attacking, throwing numbers forward and, you know, creating chances. It's all about just finishing those chances. Yeah. Being honest. Yeah. All I, season long. All season long. It's, it's the same thing. And that brings us to the number nine, right? That's the, that's the big talk. Greg Vanny today said Billy Sharp is good probably for 60 or 70 minutes. Does that mean that you start Billy Sharp? Now that's, it's tough. I saw you throwing the stats out. I've looked at the stats as well. If you look at Dan Jovalich and what he has done over in his starts, he's not that great. If you look at what happens whenever he plays against LAFC, he's a man on fire most of the time, right? He has two multi-goal games. Both of those games came against LAFC. So you're asking a guy who seems to always get motivated and for whatever reason, find spaces behind LAFC's defense to, to come off the bench. I don't have a problem with that because I think Jovalich gets fired up for these things, Alex. But yes. I'm, I'm, I'm also on the edge for this one. This one is 
I'm glad I'm not the coach. There's a tendency, I think, for me to lean towards Billy Sharp a little bit. But if this was if this was any other team, I would say Billy Sharp starts because it is LAFC and what Jovalich has done to them. It may it means more. I think you have to pay attention more to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know the form that Jovalich has been in. Again, one of the worst uh, goals minus expected goals performers in the league. But, you know, this is a game where that doesn't matter anymore. I mean, you can kind of just throw it out there. Jovalich just always seems to appear against LAFC. He's always a threat against LAFC, even when he doesn't score. Like, he's just a guy that they consistently have to worry about. And, you know, with Billy Sharp, the whole thing... Um, this past month, it's just been building up his fitness. And, you know, Greg Manning kind of talked about it uh, after the last game where, you know, Billy kind of had a bit of a, you know, tightness in his bag after running into the pole. I mean, that guy is a, he's playing the wrong kind of football, man. Like, that guy could seriously make it as a running back. He's a bruiser. He's a guy that's going to do everything to get in those right spaces. And, you know, for this game in particular, I feel like just starting Jovalich, you know, wear him down, have him wear down the opponent's defense, and just have Billy Sharp out there, you know, shoving people, giving you a little elbow here and there, and, you know, just getting that touch that, you know, can lead to a goal. I feel like that's the thing the Galaxy should go with, and so far it's kind of worked. I mean, sure, Jovalich hasn't been scoring goals and hasn't necessarily been affecting the game, but, I mean, you're seeing something out of Billy Sharp. You're seeing him bring something on the pitch when you desperately need it, and I feel like the Galaxy are probably going to use that tactic once again. I don't think there's a wrong way to go about it. So maybe that takes some pressure off of Annie is that you could go either way. I really would like to see. I, I would love to see Yo, uh, Jovalich start. And the reason is because I think that he'll he'll show up and he always shows up for the game. So I think that's OK. I just it's super important. And this is like stupid keys to the game because we always talk about this. If you watch LAFC lately, teams jump on jump on them early and then are able to hold them off. They haven't been creating. And then whenever they have more possession and they're sort of trying to build, they're less dangerous. They're a much more dangerous team in transition. Greg Vanny talked about it today, said it's about managing transitions, which for the Galaxy, it's always about managing transitions. These are keys of the game that span no matter who they're playing against. But when you look at LAFC and I think their season long sort of stats, I think they're at 52% possession overall, which means they have more of the ball a majority of the time whenever they're playing these uh, these these games. But when we look at this and say, OK, they're at 52 in the Galaxy, 56 Galaxy are clearly a possession team. Um, but whenever the Galaxy play really well, Alex, it's about scoring early and then playing a transition game against whoever is coming in to, to have to hold the ball. It works for the Galaxy. They have to get on the board first. If the Galaxy are going to win this game, they get on the board first. If they don't score first, it's going to be a draw or a loss. And that seems to play out almost every way. One, the LA Galaxy haven't won a game this year whenever they've allowed the first goal. Uh, they have four draws whenever that's happened. Uh, two against St. Louis, by the way. Um, so that's something to look at uh, whenever you're doing it. But the other part of that is that when the Galaxy jump on a team, they're able to use possession to kill games, right? And yes, mm -hmm. you want them to put the gas pedal down. And usually, listen, there's going to be five goals in this game. There's always five goals in this game, right? It's very rarely like a 1-1 one, one game or a 2-1 game, right? That type of thing. Um, clearly, there have been. But you can expect it's going to be wild. It's going to be wacky and that some crazy things are going to happen. And in order for the Galaxy to survive that, Alex, they have to jump on LAFC early. I think the wing play from Tyler Boyd, I think the wing play possibly from uh, Douglas Costa or Diego Fagundes are going to be key. Uh, the overlaps and, and sort of how I imagine they're going to have Raheem Edwards back. So Raheem Edwards is going to overlap on the left-hand side. And we talk about a guy who gets up for the LAFC game. Raheem Edwards is one of those guys who always plays well against LAFC. Every time. Every time, right? So he comes in. He's back. I think the Galaxy are much stronger than they were against St. Louis because you're going to get Leardam, I think, on the right back. You're going to get Edwards on the left. You're going to have Aude be able to back things up. Uh, you're going to have Mavinga, and you're going to have Yoshida in the center. Jonathan Bond plays there. I don't know what you do. I don't think they're going to start Cerillo. I think that, uh, I think that uh, what's his name, uh, Mark Delgado is going to start. Uh, I think Uri Rossell could start again as sort of the defensive pivot on on some of those. Um, and then you have Delgado and Pouge and Costa. Uh, you have uh, you have Boyd and then you have Yobolich or Sharp. I don't think it matters as much now that I really think about it, right? That whether it's Boyd or whether it's Yovelich, or not Boyd, whether it's Yovelich or, or Sharp. Um, and I think that regardless of who it is, you better jump on them quick because if LAFC gets the first goal, this is an uphill battle for the LA Galaxy.
Yeah, exactly. Like you said, I mean, LAFC, they're a team that are going to wait for you to make a mistake and pounce. I mean, we saw that in the first game at Dignity Health Sports Park where there was a lot of transition moments in that first half, but they weren't able to capitalize on every single one of them. And that kept the Galaxy alive. And, and like you mentioned, you know, this is going to be really come up to how this defensive to midfield transition kind of heads out because we've seen how Cuevas is a bit of a defensive liability. So we're expecting Lerdam to kind of come in, bring a bit more security on there. Raheem Edwards, like you said, every time always gets up to this game. He is a motivated man every time he has to play against those dark kits. So I'm expecting him to have a solid game as well. I feel like these last couple of games, he's been really solid and, you know, uh, going forward. And I think, like you said, form goes out the window. So we can expect all these players to kind of just be at their best and the intensity that this derby brings kind of gets the best out of these players um i'm looking forward to see if tyler boyd can continue his scoring streak against lafc i mean he's had some amazing finishes one from 40 yards out one with his left foot from the edge of the box one curling shot at the rose bowl i mean this is a guy who's so dangerous because if lafc can get their fullbacks forward and really be aggressive attacking like that tyler boyd's a guy i expect to make them pay i mean he's a pacey player like he's capable of playing with both feet shooting and crossing the ball so he's going to be a real threat for them again and i'm you know that 11 from samuel grancier that lafc killer has now been transitioned to him so looking forward to see if he can keep keep that form going um and you know back to this sharp and jovelich conversation like you mentioned now that i do think about it you can't necessarily go wrong with either or who you start i mean Jovalich has been a proven super sub. Billy Sharp can beat some guys up and, you know, make it a little easier for Jovalich. Jovalich can do the same as well. So um, all, all that matters is can you finish your chances? Yeah. One question that will last the test of time. <laughs> for the LA Galaxy especially, what are they going to get out of their nine, right? What, are they, what, is, what is the nine going to produce? If the nines produce, right, the LA Galaxy win this game. Uh, it's funny because the big sort of talk going into the Rose Bowl was, oh, well, LAFC's midfield is better than the LA Galaxy's midfield, right? And then you had Ricky Pooch sort of go off and that. But if you look at that, that was with Brugman there. That was with Delgado, right? This is It's a different look now because with Pooch, with Costa, um, with uh, Delgado, with, you know, Uri Rossell, like however you mix and match and, and sort of put some things in there, it's not as good whenever Brugman's not there, right? And so there is a downgrade here. So I think there's going to be a battle in that midfield and the center of midfield. And I expect that Ricky isn't going to spend as much time in the center of the field as he is going to peel off into the sides in order to get away from that pressure. One, because that makes them run a lot more. And two, it's because he likes to create from those little like half spaces on the wing or half spaces tucked in places. So I want to see how Ricky Pooch sort of sort of creates. And he's still mm -hmm. on yellow card warning him and him and Chicharito, by the way, still on yellow card. Chicharito is going to be yellow card warning until the end of the season. Um, so he's still on yellow. And if you watch him against St. Louis, there was one time where he was chasing somebody back and he almost got to a foul and he like put his hands up. He's like, nope, not getting a nope, yellow card for this game. That. This could be the game he gets a yellow card in. Wouldn't yes. be surprised. Uh, cause he gets fired up for that. Uh, yeah. That and the, I don't think he's forgotten about the Bayaso incident yet. So oh, no. probably still no, that, that locker room material that, that keeps on giving. Um, so uh, I'm really interested to see that uh, again. We talked about it. Um, you know, LAFC had Miami at home and they had, you know, Boanga and, and Gonzalez and Vela up top and that type of thing. Again, you look at Elias Sanchez and Kellen Acosta, right. And just they're, they're really good players. So watch sort of how they mix and mass. Boanga has not been playing the same that he has been and so he's missing chances he's not taking him maybe the the overperformance over expected goals now starting to reel back and correct itself a little bit which the galaxy will be happy to uh to oblige with uh this was their lineup against portland vela gonzalez uh and then you had costa and sanchez in there tillman can can come in mario on the back shot you know long was uh was in there as well palacios uh palencia and McCarthy. So there's lots of little things that they can sort of do to make life difficult uh, for the LA Galaxy. And bottom line is you got to watch Carlos Vela, but this is not, you know, tw two years ago, Carlos Vela either. He's also, I think, slowed down this year. Uh, and you're finally seeing a little bit of that, right? So uh, the LA Galaxy have a tough, tough game on their hands, but it always is. The fun thing is, Alex, Sometimes it doesn't matter what what how tactical this game is. Sometimes it's just about heart and, and all those things, which makes the game crazy frenetic and a lot of fun to to sort of watch so uh, <clears throat> if, if you were guessing and uh with predictions known to be wrong or guaranteed to be wrong uh how do you see this game going for the la galaxy it's gonna be a tough game uh each team's gonna pull their punches i think tyler boys can get it on the score sheet once again but we know the galaxy have their troubles in transition and i just feel like they're gonna get caught you know it happens every game let's be honest yep uh so LA's are gonna tie the thing and i feel 
like again, Ricky Pooj, under these lights, he loves the pressure. He invites the pressure. It makes him a great player. It makes him a must-watch TV every time he's on the pitch. He's going to do something, work something, whether that's setting up an amazing pass or scoring the game-winning goal. He's going to do something to lead the Galaxy to victory. So I have Ricky Pooj with a game-winning goal or assist to get all three points at BMO Stadium. 2-1 win. 2-1. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'll go 3-2 because it's my favorite. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Galaxy lose this game. And I know that there's people in here who say, well, that's the season. And I don't think that's the case either. Um, this is not, this game has an effect on the season, certainly. It's going to put the Galaxy in a hole. I think they have enough time to sort of make up those points if they do. This helps them, though. If the LA Galaxy win this game, I could see this vaulting them to a, a clear playoff run, right? Where it's sort of like, oh, they finish in sixth. You know, remember last year, the LA Galaxy underneath the line, underneath the line, underneath the line, above the line, finished fourth, right? You know, it was one of those. And that's the same thing that could happen here with this finish. Uh, this is a tough game for the LA Galaxy. This is a tough one because LAFC have been playing like crap. Uh, if you watch their games, they look uninspired. They look like they're out of ideas. It looks like they're going through the motions. They're not converting chances, even when they do create good chances. Uh, you know, Portland outworked and outhustled them. Miami outclassed them in some ways. And by the way, LAFC had plenty of chances to, to, to be in that game and couldn't put it together. Uh, it feels like they're starting to, uh, to fold a little bit. It feels like the long season is really starting to take its toll on LAFC. That being said, I feel like they get up for this game. Uh, I have LAFC winning this game 3-2. I don't think it's an indictment on the LA Galaxy uh, for the season. It's just going to be very difficult for this LA Galaxy team, I think, to top LAFC. Uh, if you hate me for that, just remember that almost every single time I've picked the LA Galaxy to lose El Trafico, um, and this continues that trend and that streak. All right. Yeah. Somebody said could be uh, Thomas goes could be a red card game for someone. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, it's always this game could always be a red card. And if it's one, it might be two or three. Right. So the Galaxy need to be smart about this, though. It's not about throwing this game away. This game is it doesn't often happen, Alex, but this game is a lot less important than the overall arching theme of what's happening this season. Right. This game is not worth getting suspended for two, three games out of this game is not worth any of that right now. This game is simply worth, and this is tough to say for an El Trafico. Uh, Tyler Boyd said it's the biggest game in the league. I agree, uh, quite honestly. And you can say all that. And I know fans get up for it. I know players get up for it. I know coaches get up for it. I understand the intensity that is coming. This game is just worth three points this weekend. That's it. Uh, exactly. That's kind of the mindset. They kind of need to look at it. You know, just three points. You have to, you know, run a whole marathon. You know, it's not just this game. It's about trying to get closer and closer to that playoff line. And like we talked about earlier, I mean, the Western Conference is just like a mess. Everybody seems to be scattered not too far from each other. So you want to make sure you're still in touching distance of that playoff line. Again, even just taking a point would be seen as a positive result, despite, you know, two straight draws. You want to at least get something out of this, be able to kind of just walk back to your bed, you know, following that game, be like, okay, we got something done. We're keeping this train moving. It's slow right now, but we can slowly, slowly get it to pick up pace. And like we said, there's seven, eight games. Each game in MLS is winnable. On their day, the Galaxy can be a really good team. So all that matters is you're just able to get something out of this game. You know, I think it really helped that the last game against St. Louis City, they were able to kind of come back from that 2-0 deficit. Right. You know, kind of show that, uh, you know, they're not able to go down quickly. They have that persistence, that fight in them. And I think that's going to be a huge motivational factor heading into this El Trafico. Even if they do go down, um, they'll still find a way to make it hard for LAFC. They always do. Uh, by the way, the referee for this game, you know, did you see who the referee was? No, surprise me. Chris Penso. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I always have a rule where if I know your name as a referee, that's a bad that's thing. That's a bad thing. So. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, Chris Penso is the referee. Uh, your VAR uh, VAR uh, referee is going to be uh, Soren Stoika. Um, I'm trying to see if it's... Oh, it's got everything. Fourth official is Fotis Bazakos. This is this game has got it all. They, they gave out the, uh, the A team for this one. Uh, so anyway, Chris Penso, there's definitely going to be a red card in this game. Now that I now that I, now that I think about Chris Penso, there's definitely uh, a red card for this game. Uh, just a reminder, LA Galaxy at LAFC coming up in El Trafico for the final time in the regular season. Will we see a postseason one of these? I mean, you can only hope. 7.30 p.m. is your TV time. 7.39 p.m. is your kickoff time. Apple TV MLS Season Pass is where you can find it. Alex, uh, anything else that you want to get to before we uh, sign off tonight? 
I just want to mention, you know, uh, again, the Galaxy always place a level of their opponents, and Greg Vanny always does a good job of setting up this team against, you know, LAFC. So, you know, sure, you have them to lose, but I, I still think, you, I think we both agree this is going to be a really tight game. Um, it's going to really come down to the wire. I'm just really hoping that, you know, this is one that really invigorates uh, this rivalry again, because, again, we've it's been so watered down now. It's it, The league just loves this game. They try to force it. You know, the hands in the U.S. Open Cup as well. Like, I want this game to, you know, bring back those emotions of those earlier El Traficos where it's just punch after punch, you know, lifting themselves up, the Galaxy. And, you know, again, with how their season's going, they're going to really appreciate be able to kind of get this moment and, you know, hang their hat high after, you know, back-to-back draws at home. So really important game for me, more morally than it is to uh, the results and the standings. Though if they are able to get this win, it's going to help them have a lot of confidence in these next couple of games that are coming up quick and fast. Yeah, it'll be a good one to start. Uh, Five dollars super chat from Gary. Gary says, "Amazing show, guys. Believe. Let's go, Galaxy. Thank you, thank you, Gary. We appreciate that." Uh, all right, Alex. I think that about does it. So everybody, uh, good luck, safe travels if you're headed out to the game on Saturday. Keep your head on. Don't need to be going to jail over a soccer game. Just a reminder. All right. So uh, always better to walk away. Uh, and then you guys can come back to that midweek game uh, coming up on, on Wednesday against Minnesota. Right. So quick question. Yeah. Are we going to go with my Alex baby shark reasoning name? Is that what the chats decided on? I don't, you know, it, listen, there's things about nicknames, right? Is that one, you can't nick, can't give yourself a nickname, yes. right? That, that you can't control. So, but I also feel like these things are very sort of fluid and that when they're right, they're right. And so if the baby shark thing stays, maybe they'll stay. Maybe it won't. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we'll see. Time will tell us, Alex. We have I just want to know time. to prepare myself. That's yeah. all I'm asking for. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. By, by the way, Bob says, uh, keep dodging that COVID, Josh. I don't worry. I haven't slept with my wife. Well, I mean, there's a whole, we could have a whole story about that. I'm married, so that type of thing. But no, I haven't been in that bed for like a week now. So I'm I'm over here. This actually is a bed behind me. I pull this down. I'm good to go. This office is basically my home right now. Uh, so we're we're very good. So all right, uh, Alex, tell people where they can find you. Make sure you uh, you give them a good plug for uh, for your Substack. All right, here you go. Yeah, for sure. You can find me on Twitter at ALXRUIZ15. You can read my articles at my Substack, thegalactictribune.org. You can find a lot of LA Galaxy content and articles. Be sure to subscribe. Lots of content coming for you guys. All right, there he is. Uh, Alex Baby Shark Ruiz. I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see. We'll try it on. Try it on. See if it fits. See if it's comfortable. Move around a little bit. Do some stretches. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, at Galaxy Podcast. On threads, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff right there for you. Make sure you check it out. We certainly appreciate you. All right. LA Galaxy, LAFC, El Trafico, the final one of the regular season coming up on Saturday, 7.30, 7.39 is your kickoff time. MLS. Uh, MLS app, MLS uh, season pass. All right. That's where you can find it. For Mr. Alex Ruiz, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.